0: Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. from uh, this man, uh, Pratikei Thomas Gwenaite, a man who hails uh, from Pretoria, who tells us about his journey into football journalism. If there are any aspiring football or sports journalists indeed that are close by, let them listen to this. This is a very special one. It's The Home Straight. The
1: Home Straight. Kaya FM 95.9.
0: Talking to uh, Bratike Thomas gwenayte one of the legendary and longest-serving football journalists this country has had. Bratike, how do you feel, firstly, about uh, the honour received tonight?
1: Muslim, I, I really feel honoured. I'm, 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 I'm very humbled in a sense that I think I mentioned it on the stage that uh, quite often we tend to forget people who have played a particular part in our lives. And it is only when they have passed on that we remember and then we keep on saying that he was a good man he did this and that and that and all that but i'm really humbled that the minister saw it fit to recognize me while i'm still alive to celebrate it and to enjoy it and um, I, I can't find ways more appropriate to express my gratitude and uh, humble thanks to the department of arts sports and culture mm. let's inspire
0: the youngsters out there with your story where did it all did it all start uh, for you as a as a football journalist,
1: for me it all started in Attridgeville. I started um, freelancing for a knock and drop newspaper called Les in Attridgeville. It was distributed around Pretoria townships, and that is where John Mojabe Lo spotted me, and then he recruited me for the Rand Daily Mail. Uh, the Ren Daily Mail took me to school to Boston College to do a, an advanced course in journalism because I was a rookie. I didn't, I didn't have a clue about how a journalist operated, so unfortunately after six months the Rand daily mail closed down and i was jobless for almost 17 months i went to a number of newspapers i knocked on their doors and uh, i don't want to mention names you know i don't want to don't want to antagonize them but they closed the door in my face for 17 months i was walking the streets of pretoria and joeberg looking for a job and um let me say there were some other journalists uh, at major national newspapers that I submitted my articles. They removed my name and put their names on, on, on my articles. And, um, and um, I, I... What kept you going? What kept you going was that I really, I really wanted to make a breakthrough into journalism because I loved it so much. I was so passionate about journalism that I really wanted even though I was... I experienced all that with my stories being used by other other journalists and all that. I, I, I kept going because I really wanted to break through. And at that time, there was a cabal of journalists that was operating uh, in, in, in sports media in Joburg. I was an outsider. I was from Pretoria. And it was like, it was very difficult to break through that wall, that cabal, that, that, that was operating at that time. But uh, fortunately for me, I persevered and... Uh, out of the blue i got a call from uh, the sunday star and they wanted a freelance journalist from pretoria to cover spot for them and uh, rodney hartman was the editor then and so mark listen was the senior journalist as well as uh, david lake so that is how i got my breakthrough and then from there on there was no looking back i think i think you Musibudi, you asked about uh, what you, you know, inspiration. I was inspired by great journalists like your film, Tim Kulu, Filny Amani, Hwana, uh, John Mojabelo, the late Harold Pongolo, Jimmy Cloti, and um, Bafana Shezi, Athamolisiwa. So those were the guys that really inspired me, and they were... They were kind enough to hold my hand and they showed me the ropes. But um, it wasn't just a question of being shown the ropes. I also wanted to learn more. I, I questioned more. I worked even harder. I made it a point that I'm the first in the office and I'll be the last to leave in the office. And um, I remember going to John mojapelo asking him, how do I become a better journalist? You know, how, how can I break through into this field to become a better journalist? And he said to me, there are three... Things that you have to do and that is to read read and read some more that's what he told me and i never forgot the industry has evolved so much that i mean now we are in the era of um, internet you know, and the, the, the information is on our fingertips. In my time, it was very difficult. You had to research, you had to um, to go to libraries. You know, there were no archives. So you have to rely on, on, on researching secondly you have to make it a point that you read all the newspapers you buy all the magazines you listen to the radio you watch television you know and but you made it a point that you researched and it was difficult in those days because some of the information was not as easily accessible as it is right now but um i, I think again what kept me going and i'll never forget this um um feel film Timkulu. He was a lecturer at, at, at UNISA at that time. And he said, there are always two sides of a story. Make sure you get both sides. No matter how difficult, just make... Don't rush into printing your story until you've got both sides of the story. And I'm proud to say, in 35 years that I've been a journalist, I've never been required to write an apology or to extract a story that I have written that has been found to be untrue or unbalanced so I never forgot that and I think for young and aspiring journalists I would, I would i would like to say to them it is critically important even if you have a very hot story even if you have a breaking story mm. but until you get the other side of the story cover your backside cover yourself mm-hmm. and make sure that you get the other side of the story and in that case i think nobody can point a, a, an accusing finger at you so by the role yourself in particular, and even Mark Lesson, you played on the continent, um, most especially even in the region, in the southern African region, and this is something where I feel that maybe besides the two of you, mm-hmm. there's a big void, and we don't seem to be taking our place, um, starting in the region and going to the continent, in terms of the powerful South African media and its platforms. I think I think I was fortunate in that uh, towards the late 1980s I knew somehow that South Africa would one day be readmitted to the international uh, arena. I started attending international matches in Swaziland at my own expenses. I would go to Lesotho if they were playing an international game. I would go to Botswana Traveling at my own expense, struggling, making contacts with the Football Federation of Botswana, of Lesotho, of Swaziland. So they knew me already when they had a, a an international. Official or friendly game I would contact the federation in Botswana and ask for them How how possible it would it be for me to get accreditation and that is how I got to know Ghana I got to know Nigeria Cote d'Ivoire Morocco and all these countries they were just coming to play on our borders Our next-door neighbors and I got to know about Abedi Pele, George Weah, Neil Lamptey All those all those players long before we got admitted into international football so by the time the sporting ban was lifted and in 1992 i think i was two steps ahead of a lot of local journalists because i had already been a little bit exposed to international football by merely going to Lesotho, Swaziland and Botswana to watch this game interview all these top stars and uh, in 92 when we played Cameroon i already knew some of these players now you speak about, you know, that 35 years,
0: um, your journey, but for, 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 most journalists, they will pinpoint two or three stories that will change their career or maybe
1: put them to the next level.
0: Mm-hmm. What was it for you?
1: For me, it was a story that I did that exposed massive corruption in our football. The story, um... Exposed how South African football allowed a private company to usurp their powers. Safa was bankrupt and yet there was a private company or some sport international that was benefiting. Or some SAFA sold their soul and their rights, everything to this company. This company would would take gate takings, all money accrued from advertising billboards. Uh, sponsorship, my everything, they would take that money and they would give Safa 500,000 rents. Now you find. Our players were now being exposed to Europe. Your Phil Mazinga, Phil Singer, Lucas Kadebe, Shuzmushuehu and the others were now exposed to European football. And when they had to come back, Safa only had 500,000 rents. They couldn't pay them appearance fees. Some of these players would would be promised that if they paid for their t- air tickets, they would be reimbursed. But Safa did not have money. So I stumbled onto the story. It took me nine months to crack the story. And once I did, after cracking the I wrote it that's when I received death threats and my wife was pregnant at that time and we were, and the caller said to me We know that your wife is pregnant and we know your roots the roots that you take from your flat to drop her off at the Taxi rank and then from there go to the SABC at that time to 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 do uh, Good morning, South Africa at that time and um, it, it, It wasn't easy. It was difficult, but then The late pax mangatan who was a spokesman of the late madiba called me to the union building and i had a meeting now this is something i'm exposing for the first time i went i was summoned to the union building by madiba and he asked me what is happening in football and i told him exactly everything that i knew and it was madiba who summoned steve trete and he said to steve trete you go and you you institute a judicial commission of inquiry into what is going on in south african football and if you don't know who to head that commission i give you the name go to judge pickett and he must head that commission before i even left the union building i already had an exclusive story I rushed back to the office, I wrote the story, and it was a front page lead for the Star newspaper at that time. Yes, And um, after after writing that the government is to institute a judicial commission of inquiry, there were a number of people that were doubting the veracity of my story, and uh, when the minister announced in parliament that he would institute a judicial commission of inquiry, I guess I I, I overheard some people saying that I have become so powerful that I'm even uh, influencing the government's decisions, but uh, they really didn't know. You guys are the first guys to hear what exactly happened behind the scenes before the government instituted the Picard Commission of Inquiry. Mm-hmm. Pratiki, with this rich, you are an institution on your own. You have been involved in print, you have been involved in radio, you have been involved in TV, mainly currently. Going forward, because um, there is no limit here. You are still fresh. Uh, in our eyes, you are still young what is the most United looking forward to in the next few years for information i think in the next two years i would be stepping back i would be stepping down because i really do not want to be pushed out of this profession that i've loved so passionately. football has been my life journalism has been my life and i have traveled the world because of journalism I am on my 23rd passport right now. I have been to more countries that I never imagined I would be there simply because of journalism. And um, as I said earlier, I don't want to be pushed out. I would like to gradually step back and maybe I've registered my own private production company and I'd like to focus on that company and, and, and go to their background mostly and try to assist as many journalists as i can i've 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 also registered the thomas when foundation which i'd like to use to assist as many aspiring journalists as possible and um, as i said i'm fortunate i've been in this business for 40 years now the experience i've gained over the years i'm fortunate in fact i'm i'm proud to say guys like bbk you know karen matz and 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 many others uh, came to me, and um, your Lebuham mm. Tinani, Majeke, Mzi all of them, uh, I think I discovered Mzi when he was still uh, doing grade 11, mm. and um, I was editor, Soka news, news editor at that time, and I made him to open the letters that we received from our readers, as well as Maxwell Ramaru, Maxwell Ramaru, as well, um, uh, I made them to open all the letters that we received, and I gave them um, instructions to read those letters. And a letter that they felt was properly written, well written, and made good points that, in their opinion, They felt that letter needs to be published in their letters to the editor page. They must come to me and recommend those letters. And then I also asked them to follow me when I was doing interviews. And I gave them specific instructions to open their ears, listen very carefully and learn. And I guess when I look at Maxwell Ramaru, I look at Mzimasim Gebisa and and, uh, Nelson Rashava as well. I'm 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 really humbled at what they have already achieved because I I, I would like to believe that I handed the baton to them just like I myself were taught by the likes of phil my neighbor Fanashe the guys that I mentioned earlier so I handed the baton to them now it is up to them BBK Matsalani Mama Bolong velile you as well all of you guys I just hope that you will take over the baton and, and hand it over to the next generation. So, as I said earlier, to answer your question again, I, I, I would like to play a part in teaching all those in, um, aspiring journalists the ropes. Everything that I've learned in the 35 years that I've been a journalist to pass on to whoever is willing and whoever wants to Succeed. Hopefully, I will be there. I will. I will teach them everything that I know. Beautiful. Thank you, Pratik. The home straight. Kaya
0: FM 95. Rewind. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.